Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. We are going to talk about the God Complex this week, but before I get to that, I would like to welcome in my good friend Taylor. Taylor, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good, John. How are you yourself? Um, I am doing... I guess pretty well. Let's just go with that as the answer I am giving. It's busy over in podcast world, but uh, we're hanging in there. Yeah. We're having a good time, and that is about it. For sure. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> we're hanging in there, I guess, is I guess is what the correct answer is. We have that poster of the cat hanging from a branch. We do. We do. Um, <laughs> and what what a picture that is. He is wearing a bow tie, so it is Doctor Who related. <laughs> nice. So before we get into the God Complex, we have, as always, some Who news. Taylor, take it away. Indeed. Yeah, so uh, kind of a neat bit of crossover. Well, not really crossover news, but uh, Tom Baker will be voicing the character Bendu in Season 3 of Star Wars Rebels. That is very, very, very interesting. That's pretty cool too. Does Tom Baker? I mean, I know he does big finish. Um, I don't really know. Does he do anything else other than that? I, I'm not sure, honestly. I mean, at least in terms of voiceover work. Yeah. So that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Um, is this a brand? See, I yeah. have never really watched um Star Wars Rebels. Um, is Ben do? Do we know anything about this character besides? The name, uh, you know, Bendu. I don't Star Wars. I don't. I don't watch Star Wars Rebels either. <laughs> oh, all right. Let me see here. I'm pulling up Bendu from uh, our friends over oh. at the Wikipedia. Um, the Wikipedia. Yeah, you know. Okay. It looks like a like the Google. Now Bendu, um, looks like. It may have been the original name for the Jedi Knights. So that's pretty cool. That's interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So it looks like um our resident doctor is going to be possibly the original Jedi Knight. I don't know. I don't know, people. This is a Doctor Who podcast. We only really know things about Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> But that's cool. I, I just hope it's. I hope at some point he offers someone a jelly baby. Anyway, or the Star Wars equ- equivalent to one that would be pretty cool. Whatever that would be. I I have no idea. I, I wouldn't even dare to guess. To be honest. Now mm-hmm. this this next note, uh, friend of the show and co-host on this is where it gets complicated. Lauren met the moth at SDCC. Um, yep. It was. She posted the picture, and I lost my mind. Um, <laughs> uh, there was no official um, Doctor Who presence at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Sad. Um, but, yeah, Noel right. Clark, uh, who played Mickey, he was... Um, Noel Clark, who played Mickey, he was spotted around playing Pokemon Go, doing his thing. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, my. So he was there, hanging out. Um. Yeah. Very jealous of Lauren. Apparently, he the moth was very nice. That's awesome. Which is very cool. Um. Yeah. And speaking of San Diego Comic Con, the Barrowman was at the Barrowman. Barrowman, John Barrowman, 
he was at a SDCC promoing for, I guess, this isn't really who news, but it, he's on the CW superhero shows, and I guess he's going to be like the cross-platform. He's going to be like on all four shows that are on the CW now as um, Malcolm Merlin. Which is very, very interesting. But he apparently also confirmed that he's entered talks with the BBC to get Torchwood back. That, I did not yeah. I did not know that. This is the first time I'm actually reading this note. And uh, Taylor, what do you think about a return of Torchwood? And I guess I would also ask, did you watch that star season? I can never remember. Um, I did. I did watch the stars season. Um, and it was it was all right. Um, it wasn't great. I was happy to have some Torchwood. Um, I'm excited for it. I enjoyed Torchwood for as much of it could be campy at times. Uh, it could also carry its weight at other times. Yes. So I, I, I'd like to see it come back and I'd like to actually see it get, you know, a, a proper episodic season rather than like a miniseries. But that's my personal opinion. Now, now, when you say episodic, do you mean like twenty-three episodes? Or are you talking like BBC British no. twelve? No, BBC British seasons. You know, twelve or or whatever the first two seasons of Torchwood were like. I think it was ten or twelve. I can't remember now. Okay, yeah, I could be down with that. I think um, they left it pretty open-ended. If they choose to go that route, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if they could get everyone back on board from the star season, but I mean, maybe they don't have to, they could do something. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. yeah. And uh series 10 is currently being filmed in Valencia, Spain. Ooh, how awesome. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually at this point they have wrapped in Spain from what I understand. But when I wrote the note, they were currently filming there. Oh, wow. So they're, they are filming yeah. faster than we can record podcast episodes. Well, it's been three weeks since we recorded last. <laughs> it's so very is, true. We sw- um, I know that I know that they specifically said it was episode two that they were filming in Spain. Huh. Okay. Interesting. And um, those new Big Finish audios with classic do- doctors and modern monsters is out. Yeah. Tell and, me. Um, I cannot remember all of the doctors that are on it, but it's it's basically the classic ones. So um, it it's McCoy, I think both Bakers, and I want to say, oh, I think it's Paul McGann, and then the modern monsters are the Weeping Angels. Um, it's basically ones that they had never encountered before. So. It's a pretty cool concept. It's a four-part... Well, not four parts. It's four separate stories, and you can go mm-hmm. and purchase that over on bigfinish.com. And um, I have yet to do it, but I will because this is... Um, it's a very exciting time for Big Finish. They have the David Tennant audios. This is a really cool idea. You know, they have the River Song stories, and um, yeah, they just have everything you could want if you were a Doctor Who fan. And it's great. That's fantastic. So, Taylor, it is now time for us to review The God Complex, starring Matt Smith as the Doctor, Karen Gillan as Amy, Arthur Darville as Rory, and Spencer Wilding as the Minotaur. I don't know how you would tell that this person, that was the person who played the Minotaur. Um, but, yes, good for, good for him. He did a great job. He was very frightening. 
Um, it was written by Toby Whithouse and directed by Nick Huron, and it first aired September 17th, 2011. And Taylor, we have some story notes. Um, take it away. We do. Well, one of the neat things that, that I found in this episode is that the Minotaur is actually a distant cousin of the Nymon, who is a character seen in the fourth Doctor story, the Horns of Nymon. Huh. Yep. Little classic Who callback there. That's always good. We love those. Yep. Um, there's there's much ado in this episode about the Doctor worrying that his actions are going to get Amy and or Rory killed, um, or that he'll have to watch them die. And this seems like something that Toby Whithouse likes exploring because these themes have also come up in his other stories, The Vampires of Venice and School Reunion. Yeah. Wow. I didn't. I did not know that about him. Maybe he's just he's. He just loves companions, okay? He's just overly worried about them. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and um, in this episode, the Doctor has to break Amy's faith in him. When we last saw the Doctor do that to a companion, back in one of our favorite episodes to review, The Curse of Fenric. Yeah, that was... um. Huh. And you can go back uh, on com slash podcast and find that episode and listen to it. Yep. Nailed it. Speaking of that, um, this is a this has nothing to do with anything. I went back and I started listening to our um, review of Dalek when you were in studio with me. Oh, right, yeah. Just for fun, and uh, yeah, just to get I, I don't know, just to get a little pumped to record tonight. I was like, I'll listen to an old one while I'm driving around. Oh, uh, right on. And that was uh, yeah, that that was fun. I probably sounded a lot better in that episode than I do in most of them. Well, I mean, you're right here, so you know, not over the interwebs. So yes, it's, so it's our ever reliable interwebs. It is it is bound to sound better in studio, but this does just fine, and I enjoy our talks. And speaking of that, yes. as always, you have a world famous synopsis for us. I do indeed. You ready for it? I am. All right. The doctor, Amy, and Rory land in a hotel in which becoming employee of the month involves dying from your greatest fear. But have faith, dear listeners. The doctor is here and determined not to let at least the stars of the show die. Well, that is no truer statement. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So if there's one thing I learned from this episode, it's... Don't praise him. But but <laughs> haven't you heard Fat Boy Slim? That's true. I've got to praise you like I do. <laughs> <laughs> that would be how much more frightening would this episode have been if that song had played when the Minotaur showed up? Oh my god. It it probably it probably would have been a lot less scary actually because I would have loved to have seen outtakes of everybody and you know the Minotaur just <laughs> Dancing. dancing and getting down and the lights going all you know oh yeah, man cool. that would have been great <laughs> so my first nope oh, go ahead sorry oh i was just gonna say it, the 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 opening of this it, it just sets the tone i because i was totally getting like vibes from stephen king's the shining yes with the long this. hallways Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, I guess we can talk about just the yeah, the look of the hotel in general is just it looks classic and also looks extremely creepy. It totally does. And there's nothing 
really particularly that creepy about it other than it's empty. Yes, I think that is a a factor in it being very creepy is there's only like five people in this seemingly endless hotel. Yeah, exactly. And and I think um, and I I I totally give credit uh, to the directing and stuff on this is I feel like in this episode more than any other that I can think of off the top of my head, the use of both camera angles and close ups to kind of set this off-kilter mood. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I, there's one point, I think it's after the Doctor and Rory and Amy arrive, where you actually get this close-up of, like, the bell on the on the check-in desk. Yes. But it's obviously, it's reflecting the characters. And it just, stuff like that, and obviously the editing, uh, when the, the, the people are kind of being taken over by the the minotaur yeah uh it 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 all just goes i would say 90 90 percent of the way to just really setting this off as kind of like all right this is something different in terms of who i don't feel like they've done this kind of thing as much yeah like the the creepy close-ups of people saying praise him and laughing like the quick cuts when they are being seduced Mm -hmm. by the minotaur um yeah just very very creepy also the music oh yeah the music's fantastic in this episode it is at one point very maddening um yes there is a ticking clock uh kind of mm-hmm. buried in the music and then there is almost like a i don't even know how to describe the beeping noise but there is a beeping noise that is just also very loud and maddening. It was just, I, that is my note for the music. It is maddening. It is. In fact, um, later in the episode, when uh, Rita kind of comes to her rapture, so to speak. Yeah. So that's how she describes it. Um, I, I felt like the music for that, since we're talking about the music right now, I might as well mention it. I, I feel like the music, it was kind of, it honestly kind of reminded me about some of the, music from 28 days later where it kind of had this like low drum beat in the background and kind of a building guitar with it okay yeah uh, like really stood out to me during that scene it was like wow just was really intense it really amplified things yeah just um the setup for this weird adventure we go on is is very very good they did do a excellent job my first note Yes. Is did the doctor just call Rory Ricky? I don't remember. So at the beginning of the episode, he is saying he says Amy and then he says it almost sounds like Ricky, but he doesn't call him Rory. I'm very sure of it. Um I was very very confused because I was like Ricky, wow. Mickey, this is strange. I don't understand what's happening. I would have to go back and watch it again. I don't remember that at all. I watched it like two, two, three times, and it oh, did wow. not sound like Rory at all. It sounded like Rit. It was a Rit, not a Ro. <laughs> hmm. Okay, fair enough. I trust you to know your vowel sounds. So, <laughs> thank you. I thought I, I thought it was interesting. We have yet another episode with a screaming intro. Oh yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we seem to unintentionally pick themes. We totally do. It's so ridiculous. I think like our our first uh, two, three, maybe even four episodes of our 
tour through the doctors it just had a whole bunch of similarities between them, and it was completely unintentional. It's still unintentional today. I don't, I, I don't know how it keeps happening. To be honest with you, it's some higher power or something. I guess. I guess so. I guess so. Maybe Missy is at the controls. She's trying to steer us to something. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so we we meet. Um, they ring the bell, as you had said earlier, and we meet our supporting cast. And this is the <laughs> this is the first time we hear about the uh, Tolivians or the Tavoli. Uh, t- Tavolians. Tavolians. Because I know it's, it, the root word is Tivoli, Tivoli, but you can't really say Tivolians. Well, I suppose you could. Tivolians, I guess. Uh, this is the the first introduction to this species, and yes. I actually, I, besides them like messing stuff up a lot of the time for their own uh, gain or not gain, uh, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed just the idea of an entire species living on a planet that soul is just like please enslave us it's just, it just seems so ridiculous pretty much so we meet yeah, just uh, they come in get conquered and they're like okay cool you're, thanks you're you're our leaders now you're awesome <laughs> yeah. oh new guys hey you're great <laughs> i just think that's uh, cuz yeah just very very funny uh so totally. we, we meet him we meet um howie i believe yes howard we meet yeah. rita and those are the three people we meet at first. And Rita is very quick, and she's very smart. And the doctor takes notice of this right away and says that Amy's fired. Yes. <laughs> just, I, I had a moment where I'm like, oh, I missed Eleven, and I missed the pawns. It's Matt Smith's speaking. I, I almost couldn't take notes fast enough because he talks just so fast. Yes, I am. Um... so so all over the place and it was just like oh amy you're fired <laughs> i also saw that note that you miss 11 in the ponds and i do from time to time i i love capaldi but as i've stated many times matt smith is my guy he's my doctor um yeah so this was this was nice to to revisit this adventure and absolutely and i, go I gotta say i i think that's one of the great things about Doctor Who and and I think really kind of embracing every aspect of it even the change is that you know you can get into say Capaldi at this point and be like oh my god yeah he's so awesome it's so amazing last season was the best season ever whatever yeah and and then come back and go oh that's right and suddenly it's like it's like Matt Smith's doctor seems so refreshing yes uh <laughs> at least to me in watching it cuz I was just like oh I'd forgotten just how kind of rambling and manic he can be and it just it was a delight yes it 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 definitely was um yes very exciting um (laughs) we kind of find out that i I think they try to attack our trio with it looks like a candlestick a chair and something else i didn't know what the thing was but the doctor seemed like very taken aback that rita would try to attack him with it Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was. And they seem to have been trapped here for a little while. And, the, you know, the doctor says, okay, we'll just go to the TARDIS. And, of yeah. course, like most times when you are in a creepy building, we cannot find the TARDIS. The TARDIS is gone. M.I.A. And this is when we find out that they actually have somebody else with them. 
by the name of Joe. And this for me just added this was we did we talk about the shining earlier or was it it? We, no, we talked about the shining. So the sh- the shining this was very very reminiscent of the shining where a person is sitting in a it was like a ballroom, right? Uh yeah, pretty much like a big banquet hall part of it, the like, place or something. Yeah, like a banquet hall and uh it just gave me that shining feel but instead of like ghosts or whatever you would want to call them we had laughing dummies yeah this was for me (laughs) i remember watching this the first time going this is one of the creepiest things i've ever seen on doctor who it was just they're just all like chuckling laughing and then when the doctor amy rory and the rest of the gang enter they all slowly stop and turn and look at them Oh yes, <laughs> it was um, it was something. And uh, Joe is insane. And I also have he's also very great. I enjoyed this man's acting. Um, yes, just wide-eyed insanity coming from him. Oh yeah, and he 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 really the actor plays it so well. And I think this is when we we first find out that oh, and he is tied up. They have tied him up. So he cannot um, go wherever it is he's trying to go at this point. Yeah. And I think at this point he mentions that everybody has a room, mm-hmm. which is um, very puzzling at first because we're not we're yeah. not sure what is going on. Um, I did like there was a line from the um, from the Tavali. He says resistance is exhausting. That's his motto. I know. Uh, and can I? Can I make that the first vote for an alternate title? Yes, you can. This time around, resistance is exhausting, or it belongs on a shirt. Yes, it does. I think that would be a great. You know what? That's a that's a Gallifrey ribbon. <sighs> if it's not already, it should be. Uh, I will. I'll look into. We've got to start looking into that. I guess, huh? Yeah, I think so. Oh man, Put what a party down. Gallifrey one's gonna be. Let me tell you. Uh, I, and I will do a world famous synopsis for every day's review. <laughs> I, will, I will synopsize each day. Oh, exciting! Very exciting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think at this point they are um, they're going down the halls. They've like uh, got Joe's chair like on a on a dolly or something. Yeah, <laughs> and they're rolling him somewhere. And I, I want to point out because I I never noticed this the first time I watched it, but now kind of knowing some of the people I know and listening to some of the stuff that I listen to these days. So in, in that case, shout out to a friend of the show, Olaf Phillips of the paranoia podcast. Yes. Um, Howie, uh, the, <laughs> he's a, he's a blogger and, and a, I get a, I guess a bit of a conspiracy nut because he has a point, I think, I think he's talking to Rory as they're walking down the hall where he mentions that, you know, trying to figure out what this place is and he says oh this is this is the place where you know uh like like all the 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 rich people of the world or or that kind of stuff uh or or all the heads of government are going to go when the world ends yes Uh, and and i i just about dropped my notes at that point i was like oh my god that's totally like the secret space program and alternative three where (laughs) you know the, the it's this idea, yeah. Uh, you guys can look it up out there that where where you know 
they've known since like the late fifties that we are destroying the climate and, and that's going to lead to all sorts of turmoil here on earth. And so the rich and the government and the stuff like that have developed a secret um, program to, to shuttle the, the smartest and the most important and the, and the richest people off planet. Uh, typically, you know, it's like dark side of the moon kind of bases. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's Pink Floyd playing there though. Um, where, uh, you know, everybody else is, you know, the masses are left here on earth to, you know, fight it out and die off and all that kind of stuff. So, so to, to hear that mentioned in the episode ever so quickly, I thought was hilarious. Do you think Valiant Thor is running around somewhere in this, uh, hotel? I maybe, maybe <laughs> or something. So, um, yeah. Speaking of the secret space project, uh, a podcast I'm obsessed with, besides all of ours at NOTLG. Uh, last podcast on the left just did a podcast on the secret space program. Oh, did did they really? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yes, uh, probably one of my favorite podcasts out there. Go check it out. It's full of conspiracy theories and other things. I've been I've been looking for some more stuff to listen to lately. La- last podcast on the left. Oh yeah, I will um I will link you later. Okay. <laughs> link me, bro. I will indeed link you. <laughs> so we are I f- they they do the the classic let's split up and let's leave the person who will clearly screw everything up with the person we are trying to protect. Yeah. And there's we kind of get hints that there's something in we get like silhouettes and maybe like an eye or a mouth of this monster that is running around and we go into i feel like a door opens to a room and they tuck into a room yeah well i feel like a door opens first and it's like a it almost seems like a old pe teacher that yells at the doctor Yes, 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 yes. Which I thought was v- very strange because I don't know if that was a callback or if that well, it clearly wasn't his room. It was just one one of the um whatever it is, one of the fears coming out of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't really seem like anyone's fear in in general. Maybe maybe it was Toby Whithouse's. Oh, I didn't think about that. So they kind of figure we got to duck into a room because this thing is coming and they duck into a room and surprise weeping angels. Yeah. And oh, I also feel like a little before this, we I I feel like the doctor says, if you're drawn to a room, don't open the door. Yes. And of course, Howie opens one of the doors. I think that happens right after the PE teacher. I'm pretty sure. And And, it's inside where a bunch of. You know, popular girls. Yes, that laughed at him. <laughs> yeah. And then they duck into the Weeping Angel room, and everything seems to be fine. And I, f- I feel like they hear Joe praising him, mm-hmm. and they go to try and find him. And it's um, it is too late because he is very dead. <laughs> very. Much so. Oh, th- I feel like. John, did- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, did you think that the Weeping Angel room was actually a bit of foreshadowing for Amy and Rory? Well, there was a lot of foreshadowing. Um, I didn't think of that part as foreshadowing, but at the end of the episode, if we're, we'll just jump ahead for a little bit, 
he's uh, the doctor says I don't want to be standing over your grave mourning That's you right. which is exactly what happens spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't gotten that far Oh, yeah, that's true. I hadn't even remembered that part, but that's right. That hit me pretty hard. Uh, The Weeping Angels in general didn't really... I was like, oh, it's just, you know, somebody's fear. I I almost feel like, whose room was that? Because it wasn't wasn't Amy's. No, and it it definitely wasn't Rory's. That was... The doctor has his one later. Okay, the Rory part was very interesting because I don't think I caught that the first time around, where he sees the exit. Yeah. Because he, we find out later, doesn't really believe, he doesn't put his faith in anything, and he doesn't, he's not superstitious, mm-hmm. which I thought was a very interesting twist to this. Totally. Um, so, yeah, Joe's gone, and um, the, the group is, <laughs> I just thought, it was just so weird, they go back to that, that ballroom, and the doctor puts his body with the dummies overlooking it, like that was so creepy. It 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 totally was, and I know they're they're kind of like regrouping and trying to figure out what to do. And I think Rita brings up like a couple of cups of tea. Yes, and it's like we're British. That's what we do. And and the way that he tastes the tea, he, he gargles it. <laughs> yeah, he gargles it later. But at first, he like you know dips his tongue into it, like almost like he's a cat or something. Yeah. Yes. Instead of taking a sip, he's like. Eh. Like he doesn't believe it's real, I think is what it. I think so. Yeah. Um, we had the Amy uh Tivoli. How do you? It's Tivoli. 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 I think I'm trying to sound it out too much. <laughs> it's got a lot of vowels in it. The Tivoli talk was pretty cool, where she says, "Hey, he's gonna he's gonna save us. Don't worry. Um, but don't tell him I had this conversation because the smugness would be terrifying." <laughs> yeah. And and this is kind of where I miss I miss Amy a little bit because she has the sit down talk like look the doctor is going to do his best to get us out of here it's going to be okay all this stuff but don't tell him I said that because he's a jerk uh, <laughs> just very to the point mm-hmm. and during that tea time we find out that Rita thinks this is hell that they are in literal hell yeah and and we find out that she is uh, she's Muslim. Yes, and I, she, and I, I liked her reaction to that when he goes, "Oh, you're Muslim," and she's yeah. like, "Yes." What, what does she say? She says, "Like, yes, don't be frightened," or something like that. <laughs> yeah, there's totally, and I mean, think about it. It's it's you know five years on now since this episode. Yeah, first aired. It's it's how long that kind of fear has been part of our our cultural zeitgeist, so to speak. Yeah, and, um, I think credit. To everyone at Doctor Who, I mean, they they play it as like it's obviously nothing to be afraid of. This is what her belief is. This yes. is what this is. They don't, they don't make a big deal out of it outside of just that kind of like, oh yeah, ooh, don't be afraid. Yes, you know, moving on. You know, so I credit to them for for tackling that that way and for having a character of that faith there. Yes, definitely. Um, Howard wants to praise him, and he says it. Yeah. He he almost seemingly um, subconsciously says it because he covers his <laughs> mouth right away. Um, yep. And this is when the doctor kind of figures that um, whatever is killing people and has set up these rooms is feeding on their fear. 
Right. Um, and I think the weirdest we 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 pick the weirdest room to try to trap the Minotaur in. Um, it has like it almost looks like it's half of a salon, but it also has a waterfall in the middle of it. Oh, it's like a like a spa almost. Yeah, it looks like a spa place, and it's just so strange. And they set up this trap um, for for him, where they They're use yeah Howie's his voice. Into there. Yeah. And yeah. the doctor tries to talk to him. He tries to talk. They trap the Minotaur in there. He tries to talk to him, and of mm-hmm. course, the doctor is you know as Tenet usually was was marvelled by this monster. <laughs> Yeah, even uh, Amy was at one point. Yeah. Well, I think... She had a scene where it was very much... And I think at that point she was kind of under its influence. Yeah. Yeah, she was a little bit at that point because she turns around and stops as this monster is running. When it started running, I lost my mind. I was like, guys, please run real fast. Yeah, and (laughs) and for something that I'm pretty sure was a practical effect and not a a CG effect. Oh, no. Yeah, it was practical. pretty damn good in that uh uh in that outfit yeah Ooh. um yeah. so we're split up again and they, they enter the room with the clown i thought that was funny don't talk to the clown <laughs> yes that was the best now i wonder if the clown was... could have a conversation with someone right i well it it seemed like the the gym coach could true yes so I imagine the clown could, but he looked a little sad. He might not have wanted to talk. Very true. He was he was a very sad clown. <laughs> now, uh, I have this thing is terrifying, so I guess this was the reveal of the entire Minotaur at one point. Um, yeah. Howie is led to his death because he's let go. Um, and they let, they let, or he lets him out, the um, Tivoli lets him out, and... He's like, you can just tell them that I overpowered you. And it's just like, ugh, this is, Tivoli suck. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. There is uh, there is a lot of self-preservation in what seems like their their eagerness to surrender. Um, but I think in the, in the spa scene, doesn't the doctor figure out that, um, or not necessarily figure out, but doesn't, doesn't he repeat that the Minotaur said something about a prison? Yes. Okay. Yes, he does. Um, it's kind of hard because I, I understand that the TARDIS is gone, but the Doctor can still like understand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard when you only have the one-sided repeating of dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it is. It is some sort of a a prison, and he's just eating away because you know Minotaur's got to eat. <laughs> Which is uh, another possible alternate title for this episode. That's right. He's got to snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> it's very true. Or a Slim Rita. Mm. A Slim Rita Snickers bar. Wait. <laughs> what? That'd be, that would be so funny to just to recut that with the Minotaur. He's charging. He's like, here, I have a Snickers bar. Uh-huh. Just a normal dude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Amy opens the door to a room at one point and Rita kind of closes it. And I, I assume we, this is the room we revisit later. Um, I think so. And we're just putting bodies next to each other, next to these dummies, which is just like, it almost looks like a weird cultist, like, um, 
like ceremony. <laughs> yeah, it totally does. I was like, this is so wrong. Please don't put these dead bodies next to the supernatural dummy things. This is not going to end well. No. Um, this is where we get the Dr. Rory talk, where I the doctor seemingly, he almost looks like he's kind of given up. He goes, so have you found your room yet? Uh-huh. And um we this is I think we also kind of find out and I don't I don't know if I fully got what the doctor was trying to get at um where Rory's like oh I think you know since I've been I have been traveling with you for so long I'm not really afraid of anything anymore and the doctor uh-huh. says you said that in the past tense so I almost wonder if that means like Rory was because let's face it in the beginning Rory was afraid of a lot of things. Um, oh yeah, he's he at this point had really grown as a character, um, and plus he'd been alive for I think it was how many years at this point? Two thousand. Yeah, something like that. So he's seen a lot of stuff. So he he probably almost credits his experiences with the Doctor for making him fearless, basically. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what we're um we're I think going so. With um naturally the doctor wants to take Rita with him after they get out of here, and naturally she <laughs> has to die. <laughs> of course. That scene where he finds the where they where they're talking and he basically says, Hey, look, you should come with me. I think it'd be cool. And he finds the camera and she stays behind and looks at the camera and closes her eyes and says, Praise him. I was like, Well, this is so creepy. <laughs> completely that was also a, a very good device they used were, were the the old um security cameras because those are yeah. very creepy yeah and that that was something that certainly could be almost overused and almost relied on too much and i i don't think they did that at all i think they, they used it very judiciously and they did a really good job with that oh they yes they did an excellent job with it and um it's around this time that the doctor finds his room, number 11, obviously. And obviously. He, we can circle back around to, I have a question. We can circle back around to it, or we can just tackle okay. it right now, whichever you... Well, I've, I've got a question that comes at this point as well, but it's not as weighty as your question. Okay. I'm um, happy to tackle them in whatever order you want. Let's... Let's answer yours, and then we'll circle back around. Okay. So in that scene where he kind of – you get this moment where he's kind of like, oh, there's my room. There's this very popular effect where it seems like the camera's pulling back and zooming in at the same time. Yes. Do you know how they, do you know how they achieve that effect? I actually researched this because I was so curious as to how it's done, because I see it so often. I you know that they... no, I don't. Okay, so going to get technical here just for a sec, folks. But um, you know how like the camera is on um, a dolly; it's basically on wheels. Yeah. Right. So what they do is at the same time they start pulling the camera backward down the hall while they zoom the camera forward. Oh. Zoom in while they're physically backing up from whatever they're focused on. Oh, and that's how they achieve that effect. Huh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you've ever wondered how that's done, folks, that's how they do it. I wonder did did you see who first? I bet you Hitchcock was the first person to do that. Oh gosh, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it was him. That is like that's... such a a paranoia kind of shot. 
Oh, completely. Um, yeah, just very dizzying kind of effect and makes everything feel smaller. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting effect. Kind of a sense of vertigo, almost, speaking of Hitchcock. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> so I, the doctor opens his door and looks inside, and I can't remember exactly what he says, but he says, oh, it's, I think he says, like, oh, it's you or something. It would, it would just be you, wouldn't it, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. So we will circle back to that um, because he closes the door and finds the security room. And mm-hmm. he calls, he sees Rito just kind of walking down the hallway. And this is a very, very, this is a very good scene. I really enjoyed this scene a lot um, where she answers the phone and comes back yes. into the hallway. And this is like half him, half security footage. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, so well yeah, he says, you you praised it, didn't you? And he's like, yeah. Or she shakes her head, yes. And he's very much as this doctor tried to do is he's trying to fix it and trying to make it better and trying to save her just wait there i'll come and get you she's like no it's fine thank you she says thank you for trying i think is what she says and um while that might mean a lot to a normal person saying thank you for trying to the doctor is like he he failed (laughs) and the Mm -hmm. doctor does not like to fail so she meets her demise. The doctor, um, visibly angry. He is wrecking a lot of the ballroom place. And this is around the time he fi- figures out that it's it's not only about fear, it's about the faith as well of a person. So basically, um, when you get so frightened of something, you go all the way back to your faith and you... I don't, you pray or you do whatever you go to whatever you have the most faith in. And the Minotaur kind of feeds off that. And that's how it, um, I guess gets substance or something like that. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, I mean, this Minotaur is, is very old and, and frankly, I think wants to die. Yes. Um, and this is where we find out like it doesn't care about Rory because Rory has no faith and he has no fear. Like he doesn't have any like strong convictions. And yep. this is when we find out that it's not after any other person in the room, but Amy. And we go, well, why is it after Amy? And the doctor goes, really? <laughs> <laughs> I need to tell you. <laughs> so they all kind of run. Cause she says, praise him. And the doctor kind of does the whole, like, yes, exactly, that's what it said at the end of the, oh, whoops. (laughs) Record scratch. So they are running. They are running. They go into a room, and we see little Amelia Pond sitting on her suitcase looking out the window. Mm -hmm. And we go, oh. (laughs) It's exactly what I did. It's like, of course. So... How could I have forgotten? Her greatest fear, obviously, is the doctor would never return. He said he'd come for her, and that is her greatest fear because that is the person she admires the most, the person she has the faith in, the most faith in. And we, the doctor knows what he has to do, and it is soul crushing. (laughs) It it totally is, and I would say that comparing it to how Seven kind of. Uh, treats Ace and Curse of Fenric, where he has to do the same thing. I, I, I would actually have to say that I think Eleven does it better. Yes, he does. 
if it almost feels like he has a little more time to do it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's only, he has a little more time to turn the knife a little bit. Um, McCoy's kind of felt like a bandaid. Yeah, it was very quick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the, the Minotaur is like, oh man, this, this is not cool. And he walks into the hallway. Oh, but you know what else? He calls her Amy Williams, which he never calls her. Yes. And I think that is very telling. That's, that's, there's this change. There's this break from what was before. This is something new. Yeah. So, and I think that it also shows his seriousness because, yes, he knows that she, that is her actual name because mm-hmm. she married Rory and took his name. But she, he jokingly doesn't. He calls them the pawns. Um, yes. So, for him to call her Amy Williams, um, yeah, I guess that was the final blow in her faith in him. Mm-hmm. And the Minotaur, he stumbles outside. And I also really loved this effect. Um, there was, like, the kind of light explosion in the background. Um, and the Minotaur falls over. And the world around us breaks down. I really enjoyed that effect. On the holodeck. Yes. No, it was very well done. Yeah, we were basically on the holodeck. And I did like that the, there was a spotlight on the Minotaur. And the the carpet that was in the spotlight was the last thing to disappear. Yes. I thought that was also a very cool effect. And we find out we're basically on a space jail. (laughs) Yeah. That's been uh, chilling there for a while and was, I guess not programmed correctly or something like that. Yeah. Or something glitched. I'm trying to remember what exactly happened. I think it was a, it was a glitch in the system that made it. So um, this Minotaur could just, you know, murder passer buyers yeah um it was a, a crack in things or something yeah and we find out and i almost find it funny that we know the tardis is in view but we're not getting anything translated yeah that's a good point so the minotaur is talking he's like saying his last words and he's he you think he's talking about himself i think he says like maybe the last of his kind bathed in the blood of people he's surrounded himself with. Yeah. Um, and then his last words are, I wasn't talking about me. So he is <laughs> talking about the doctor Zing. and we travel back to earth. We travel back. Thank you. We travel back to earth. I was trying to just think of a town that we were traveling back to. We travel back to earth where the doctor has somehow set up Amy and Rory with a house that also has a blue door and a new car. That's Rory's favorite. And Uh, be honest, it's a convertible E type Jaguar. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's a snazzy freaking car. It looked very nice. Yes. It was red too. It was. And, Amy puts two and two together, and she says, you're leaving, aren't you? And um, John Pingle gets very, very sad. Oh, dude, I teared up. (laughs) I totally did. And he basically says, this is when he says, I don't want to be standing over your your graves because this the the road just leads. That's where the road leads, so I need to be by myself. Um and he leaves and poor Rory he gets champagne he's like oh we're back home let's celebrate and he goes what what happened where what's going on and she says he's or he's saving us 
And I was like, Ugh. Yeah. and basically what happens is the doctor just drives down the street and goes and hangs out with somebody else. <laughs> That's in the next time because the next time is um he hangs out with um Cordry? Um that guy that that guy who's got the late night show now. Yeah, and that uh, late night show is amazing. James yes, James Is it is it good? Yes, it's very good. He yeah, is he's... yes, he is very very talented. Um so that was the episode, but we oh and we end the episode on the doctor in the TARDIS by himself kind of just looking around being yeah. very very sad. Now we're going to circle back to when the doctor opens his room. He opens the door to his room. And my question is, what do you think was in the room? I don't feel like I can safely answer this because I was looking at TARDIS Wikia. Oh, did they say what was in it? Uh-huh. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. So, oh, John, uh, why don't you take a guess? So this is what I... Because table on you because clearly um with this information you've just told me i have no idea what's in the room so i oh I, that kind of sucks is that like an official That's thing sorry. um well it's it in the tardis wiki it's described as you can actually see a familiar white light reflected in his eyes and familiar white light is a link which has jumped me over to another page that i have some stuff that i could read explaining more about that um okay you know what let's do yours first and then i'll see how i feel about it because mine i thought eh, that's kind of weird all right go ahead go ahead i want to hear this all right i'm sorry i feel like i'm ruining things here no it's fine um so it it the link jumps me over to time field and as you go through a bunch of information and then on the minotaur's prison ship the ship generated a series of rooms one for each person who got transported inside containing their worst fear while he was on board the ship, the doctor discovered a room of his own which contained the illusion of a crack in time. He intuitively dreaded that his business with the cracks in time was not over yet since they had weakened the integrity of the entire universe and left scar tissue. His fear was justified and later confirmed in the time of the doctor. Uh. <laughs> You're not happy with that, are you? I do not like that because oh, the doctor's greatest fear. Click. That's weird. I don't. Okay. Um. So my theory, which um, really you can well, see, it... you can see his eye, you can see it in his eye. That's so weird. Says I. I would actually have to go back and look because I don't remember seeing that. Um. So okay. Here. Here is my theory. Uh, he says, of course, who else? Right. Is what he says. So, yeah. and then that links to the time of the doctor. So that links to the end. Here is my, what I think the doctor's greatest fear is. Um, I think the doctor's greatest fear is the last scene in this episode. It's Say him. I think, I think the doctor's greatest fear is shown to us in the last scene in this episode it's him in the tardis by himself alone oh wow that is and i say that and i get i get chills (laughs) because we know almost for sure that is his greatest fear it has to be he always travels with someone when someone leaves him it is devastating to him especially if they are killed it was, I mean, that was 
when Adric died, I mean, he wasn't alone, but when he was regenerating, his name was the last thing he said because he had lost someone. And when the pawns died, it almost undid him. Um, yeah. And the same thing with, even with, with Clara. It's more of a, like, an actual, like, um, maybe it's more of a modern Who thing, but that is what I, that is my theory and I like that so much more. I feel like this other theory is just kind of because he's he he says, "Oh, of course it's you." So his greatest fear is himself being by himself. You know what? That makes so much sense. That really and truly does. A familiar white light. I see this right here. Of course, who else? Um, I like my theory better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do too. So take that, Tardis Wikia. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's interesting. I did not pick up on the the white light in his eyes, and I feel like that's I don't know. I think you have to read too much into that. I like the more like open ended, like you can kind of think, and you could also think his greatest fear was leaving Amy by herself. Yeah. So his in turn, his room was also her room. They literally had the same exact room. <laughs> that you know what that 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 is i think an equally valid so like Uh, her fear is being left left you know being alone and his fear is letting someone he cared about down exactly tardis wikia um call me uh my number is (laughs) (laughs) four oh eight um See, I, I think I feel like with Doctor Doctor Who, it's it's more fun if you can create your own. Th- like, remember, I and we talked about listening about older episodes. I listened to our review of Sleep No More, which is a terrible episode. Um, <laughs> but we came up with some crazy theories in that, and I feel like that's the fun in watching these episodes and not completely knowing what is going on at all times. I agree. I totally agree. Now, I, I kind of feel bad because you saw you saw this thing on TARDIS Wiki that was like, "This is the thing." Um, is that a, did would you have had any other theories? I, I probably would have. I mean, I, I I think if you know when when you say something like if, you know, oh, of course it's you, right? That's that's a person. That that yes. that's, that's a being. That that's not a crack in time and space. I mean, it it could have been. I mean, really, it could have been anything you know i i I think the average uh you know the the casual viewer probably would have been like oh it's daleks of course it's daleks yeah it's it's yeah you know i mean it could be it could be rassilon it could be uh it could be omega it could be it could uh, have been adric it could have been adric (laughs) being like you bastard (laughs) you come back and get me you celery wearing you know and so and so um you know it i i mean i would almost think and especially you know kind of adding kind of what we know of the doctor through the capaldi years you know it 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 could be it could be like one of his parents it could be you know some school chum that you know helped convince him to go running through the matrix data banks or something yeah you know any number of things just in deep deep doctor history there oh yeah definitely could be any number of things and that i like a lot better than whatever tardis wiki had written down yeah but that's very interesting that they do have that um 
the crack is still affecting him in a way. Yeah, but, you know, come to think of it, you never see that really kind of, short of, you know, the day of the doctor, you don't really see that played out a whole lot more. Yeah. Well, okay. (laughs) Suffice it to say, your idea is better. I think everybody listening would probably agree with that. I would hope so. Um, That is a theory I have had since I've watched this episode and rewatched it a couple times with friends who were viewing it for the first time. Um, Mm -hmm. that is what I've always thought and nobody changing my mind. Good. So we thoroughly enjoyed this episode. It was, um, very, very good. Very good to travel with the pawns and Matt Smith once again. And next time this, this, I guess concludes our tour through the doctors. We made all the stops and now we're just kind of free forming it. I guess a little free form jazz. Oh boy. No, I'd never do that to anybody. Um, Well, that's so funny because you you get a little bit of jazz appreciation in the Seventh Doctor years. That's very true. That is very true. So (laughs) next time, Taylor, it is your turn. Um, Would you like me to read your choice to the fine people? Um, Sure. I made the choice. You can read it. All right. Episode, is this episode 146? That doesn't make sense. Well, the original, the the classic Who, if you actually ran through, like, all the episodes and you counted oh, them up, yes. Yeah, they do that, that yeah. like, 1A, 1B, 1C, yeah. Right, yeah, they counted it differently than we do now. So clearly we've given away, we've, we've shown our hand, we're going back to the classics, and we're going back to the seventh Doctor. We are going to watch the Sylvester McCoy-led Delta and the Bannermen. And this stars Sylvester McCoy and Bonnie Langford as Mel Bush. I don't think I have ever seen this companion. I, well, it's so common to think of seven and ace, but Mel traveled with the sixth doctor for a bit and uh, was there for the regeneration into the seventh doctor Oh, and then traveled with him for a little bit until ace came on board in the episode Dragonfire. And that's, that's where she left. Now, the um, do you want to maybe uh, tell us a little bit why you picked this episode? Uh, well, frankly, you and I were conversing over Twitter, <laughs> and you said, hey, it's your pick, and it was about an hour and a half before we started recording, and I went, well, crap. Um, 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 and it was, I, you know, it, it's, it's kind of natural for me to want to go towards Seventh Doctor. Uh, my other choice probably would have been a, a, another Tom Baker episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are fewer Seventh Doctor episodes, so it's easier for me to remember them all. <laughs> uh, but I knew that we hadn't done one with Mel. And I'm like, okay, let's do one of those. And I almost went with an episode called The Happiness Patrol, oh. um, which is kind of weird, little bonkers. Yep. Uh, but I, I had seen somebody else tweet something uh, earlier today, and it had, uh, I think, the cover art for the novelization of Delta and the Bannerman. And I went, yeah, let's just do Delta. Delta's a good one. Let's do that. I'm also, the Wikipedia picture of the Bannerman is, uh, I'm ready to go. This looks like right. it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> I'll be curious to see what you think of Mel and Seven as opposed to Ace and Seven, because we've done a few Ace and Seven. We have. I, I'm very excited to uh, go on this new adventure. So with that... You can 
like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. It's uh, at the Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at Team Hate, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter at Apex Buddha. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Just search the Podcastica. Look for the Gallifrey in writing and rate and review us as well. Huge shout-out to the Y-Axes. They do our music. Check them out on Bandcamp. It's theyaxes.bandcamp.com, and they're also on Spotify. And I also wore their shirt the other day, and I got a compliment on it. So there you go. Speaking of shirts. Speaking of shirts, head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com and buy one of our Podcastica shirts. They are lovely. We have two separate designs. We have the awesome design of us uh, that Rachel drew for us. And then we have the Gallifreyan podcast iTunes cover. They're both awesome. (laughs) Indeed. And that is it for us this time. So join us next time as we review the seventh Doctor serial, Delta and the Bannerman. And we will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. So, Taylor. So, John. Yes. This. John. Yes. John. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. I'm, I got to stop you. I got to stop you because my connection is getting worse. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought you were just being funny. No. I was like, Taylor, John, Taylor, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's our outro. Yeah, basically. <laughs>